Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. How's it going over there? Going pretty well. Yeah, you doing okay? Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Sounds like you had a really nice lunch. I did. How's Joe? Doing well. Is he? That's good. Good. Joe Baird, Gordon's editor over there at the Trib. How many uh, how many aspirin do you think you've caused Joe to uh, take over the years? Oh, none at all. It's been a pure pleasure. I'm sure. You don't think you've been a, a source of his headache once? Oh, yeah, probably. But we're we're too old guard, you know. We've been around a long time, so. Okay. All right. Good. Well, tell him hi for us, would you? I will. Yeah. Good. All right. We're going to talk to Sam Amick coming up here momentarily. Uh, NBA trade deadline has come and gone. Not a lot of talk uh, surrounding the Jazz. Uh, Tony Jones had that report a few days ago where uh, they were listening to uh, conversations about Ed Davis, but it it turns out uh, nothing comes of it. But there was action around the rest of the league. And in fact, let's talk about it with one of our favorites. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for your daily assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out, leesheatac.com. Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Lee, send any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. He makes the magic happen for the athletic. He's our good friend, Sam Amick. Hi, Sam. Happy trade deadline day. How are you? Doing fine, guys. Always a, a little bit of a relief to get the deadline behind us and no complaints. <laughs> well, before we get into uh, what actually happened, take us into your world a little bit. What's trade deadline day like for you? Uh, it's always busy. I mean, it's varying degrees of busy. Um, to be honest, guys, this job's a little bit different than my past ones from the standpoint of, you know, we decided this year to write a trade deadline live blog with myself and John Hollinger. And so, you know, while you're working the phones and trying to find out what's going on, uh, the focus was analysis with, with, you know, not necessarily the breaking information on each specific transaction that actually happened, but, but almost more trying to dig out some of the possibilities that got explored and, and just all the stuff that the fans find interesting. And, and, uh, but, but writing in real time, I think we wound up with probably 6,000 words total, um, you know, just constantly updating it with thoughts and observations. And, and we started it yesterday. So, uh, you know, that was the routine. But it's it's a, a lot of text, a lot of calls, and, and just trying to see, you know, what's going to be uh, – you know, we, we talk for so many months about what could happen, and we kind of try to figure out what actually will happen here. So what do you – of all the things that did happen, uh, what strikes you? What's at the top of your list? Uh, Gordon, probably, I mean, the, the Warriors-Wolves trade comes to mind first. Um, it's super interesting. You know, the Warriors, 
they they knew, I think, unofficially that Kevin Durant was probably leaving, and they decide to come up with a creative idea to get an asset back in return. He goes to Brooklyn. D'Angelo Russell and China Trade comes their way, um, and it was at that time D'Angelo was on the verge of signing with Minnesota, and Carl Anthony Towns is his good friend, and Gerson Rosas, their new. Uh, front office leader wanted D'Angelo, thought they were going to get him then, and then it was you know the disappointment on their part of him going to the Warriors. And so now fast forward eight months, and and, and they finally get their guy. Um, the Warriors had kept telling people that they they had no urgency to trade D'Angelo now, but they end up doing it. And so now what it creates that I do think is really interesting going forward is the Warriors are going to be title contenders again next season. And they now have a piece in Wiggins filling the old job of Harrison Barnes, filling the old job of Kevin Durant. Uh, and, and this guy's like the most enigmatic player in the entire NBA. Just tons of talent and no consistency. And, you know, his competitive fire, for the most part, seems to be pretty lacking. So that'll be interesting to watch. And then, you know, on the other side, to see if D'Angelo can help the Wolves kind of get out of their dark place. I, let me just uh, throw in there. I agree with you completely on the Warriors. I think they're going to go right back to the top of the league next year. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I mean, it's Steph and Clay, and these, those dudes are not on the back end of their careers yet. And, you know, they're going to be back full force at the start of next season. You know, Steph is still likely to play some games this year, and Draymond Green's still there. And it's it's going to be a test of their culture and – um, it's funny, guys, because Monday night the Timberwolves played in Sacramento, and I wrote about this. But like, I looked up on press row, and Zaza Pachulia and Mike Dunleavy were there from the Warriors. And Mike is the assistant GM now under Bob Myers and working with Larry Harris. And then uh, Zaza is a consultant, but they were there. Um, it was pretty clear to watch Andrew Wiggins and to get one last scouting report on him before making this trade. And, and they do believe that it's going to be one of those things where, you know, when he is surrounded by guys who have won championships and who work the way those guys do, that it's going to finally take his game to the next level. Sam, what do you think about what the Rockets are doing moving on from Clint Capella and going super small? Um, I mean, it's it's if you have no rooting interest, and I certainly don't, it's just super interesting because it's, it's, a, uh, it's a calculated risk and it's a, you know, it's um very unorthodox and pj tucker at the five spot you know coming in at like six five six six is you know that's their lineup that has been so successful it's their version of the warriors old death lineup with you know draymond green playing the five um and that's what they want to roll with capella had been hurt lately they the, the rockets won a bunch of games without him um i think they still had some leftover emotional baggage from the playoffs last year when Capella got outplayed by Kevon Looney of the Warriors. And I think a lot of Rockets people felt like if he had actually kind of, you know, stepped up in that moment, maybe they would have moved on. And so, um, you know, they, but they just, they got Bruno uh, Cabocolo today, has some length that could help a little bit on the defensive end, but they didn't replace, you know, Capella by any means with anything remotely, you know, resembling a conventional center. So, it's small ball to the extreme, and we'll see if it works. Now, I'm not saying this is going to make any kind of big difference uh, immediately, but I kind of like what the Hawks have been up to. What do you think about 
the additions of Capella and Deadman? Well, I like it a lot. Um, I think the, the Capella thing, you got it's always like the context matters. And so they had looked hard, the Hawks had at an Andre Drummond trade. And there was a lot of pressure from ownership to get Trey Young some help. And, you know, I remember hearing during the Drummond discussions that their GM, Travis Schlank, didn't really want Drummond, but, you know, knew that he kind of had to do something. And Trey was getting impatient, um, which sounds crazy. I mean, he's second-year, 21-year-old guy, but he's also an all-star now, and, and he was tired of being out there with, with no help. And, and, you know, they had injuries early on that didn't help, and John Collins had a 25-game suspension. Capella, bottom line, he comes in at a fairly reasonable price. I know it sounds crazy to say reasonable when you're talking 17, 18, 19 million a year, but, you know, Drummond would have cost you a lot more than that. And Capella, as a, a guy who rolls to the rim, a guy who, you know, gives you length and, and who can run, he's, he's very good when it comes to the running game. I just think it's a good fit, and, uh, and I think it's going to fit well. Sam Amick, senior NBA writer for The Athletic with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Sam, what do you make of the drama going on in, in Philly right now with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and Al Horford saying they're having locker room issues? What's your read on that situation? I just think that in general it's it's like these players are they're smart people and certainly, you know, incredibly intelligent on the, the game of basketball and they know when you know, when, when certain kind of skill sets aren't meshing and they know when when certain players who shouldn't be on the same roster are and I think it's just getting more and more uncomfortable because these guys know this. You know, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons are not a good pairing together and it's it's hard for the Sixers because they are both you know at their best like franchise centerpiece worthy players but to have them under the same roof is problematic I mean Joel is out talking to the media about the lack of spacing and how he has to spend too much time at the three-point line to help with the spacing and the the undercurrent there is like well if if my guy Ben Simmons could actually you know shoot the ball I wouldn't have to be out here. And, you know, Al Horford, it's funny because he's such a uh, a pro and a guy who's just a, a, you know, legendary locker room guy. But that little slip-up, I think, of, of thinking that you're keeping things in-house, but when you tell the world you're, you have problems and you're going to keep them in-house, all you do is make everybody curious. And, and this is like the continuation of uh, last season when Jimmy Butler was there and we thought Jimmy was going to, Resign in free agency, and then he he just kind of mysteriously didn't. And and since leaving, Jimmy has alluded a couple of times to the idea that that locker room had a lot going on, and and that was why he didn't return. So it seems like their chemistry as a group is just not the best at all. So sometimes, like you were talking about, sometimes that's physical, and sometimes it's mental. Have you seen a team bounce back from those kinds of problems in a manner that uh, is is extraordinary? Um, I don't know who comes to mind. I mean, the the you know the old Kobe Shaq Lakers are the ones that get propped up as the ultimate example of how you don't have to like each other to win championships. And the difference there being that Kobe and Shaq's physical talents matched up beautifully, and it was the mental side that caused problems for them. But in the end, they still got three championships together. So. You know, it's not that it's insurmountable, but it does appear that they have the combination of both, that it's a skill set problem in addition to a personality problem. 
And, you know, I, I think that might be a little too much. Um, but they must still believe in it because, you know, they, they chose not to blow anything up at the deadline. And, you know, and they're going to go into the playoffs with this squad. Gordon and I have talked about uh, this uh, a little bit, Sam, this week with Mike Conley coming back into the starting lineup for the Jazz and him playing alongside Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell and Boyan Bogdanovich, you know, certainly four fine offensive players. But in your opinion, can you ever have too much offense in a starting lineup? Yeah, I mean, if it means there's too little defense, then for sure. Now that's where it gets tough. And I'm guilty of, I don't want to pretend that I've broken down tape of of Mike Conley's defense this particular season, but obviously his reputation is a very good defender. Um, so conceivably, you would not think that was the case here, but it is tough that this trend keeps happening, that they can't seem to win games on a consistent basis with Mike on the floor. You know, and they, they had Joe obviously coming off the bench before uh, and won a bunch of games when they put him in the starting lineup when Mike was out. And, you know, and now they're sliding again. I mean, I would probably remind the Jazz fans who, uh, you know, good old producer Austin told me they're they're certainly a little desperate this week and they're frustrated by this losing streak. I mean, these are tight games. You know, you lose to the Nuggets by six, to the uh, the Spurs by seven, you know, and um, I know last night was was another close one. But it, it is weird. They they were on a high. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a great stretch for the, the month before and, and a little bit of a back step here. So, Sam, the the problem about last night's game, in addition to the fact that it was a fifth straight loss, the Nuggets are playing with seven available players. It's the back half of a back-to-back. The Jazz are playing at home. They had three days off leading up to the game to work through their problems. And then they go and they had a 15-point lead and they see that wither away. And then in the last uh, minutes of the game, four consecutive turnovers. It's kind of like just one of those things where you're watching and you're, you're going, okay, is this the truth or is just, this just one of those blips that happens during a long NBA season? And we really don't know the answer to that right now. I mean, they were 19-21 before and now they lose five straight. It's just weird. Yeah, no, it is weird. Um, I just peeked at the box score. Uh, it's one of the one of the weirder box scores you're going to see. I was trying to to figure out, all right, you know, who gets credit for Donovan's bad shooting night, and, and then you look at the other side of the box, and and you think eight of twenty four is a bad shooting night. Gary Harris somehow is part of a win when he goes zero for thirteen. Um, so a strange night, but you know they're going to happen. I mean, the, the trade deadline season in particular. It's always a, a weird time to try to win games. I know this is a kind of a macro look at it, but you know these guys all have this stuff on the back of their minds. Uh, even a guy like Gary, I mean, I, I wondered if maybe the, if he uh, if the Nuggets did something like a Drew Holiday trade, you know, Gary would likely have been in it. Um, you know, and then he goes out and, and has a terrible night at the office. So we'll see. I mean, the, the Jazz have had a, a mostly good season, but they continue to have a Jekyll and Hyde quality that uh, I'm sure frustrates them and their fans. Sam, as always, thank you very much. We appreciate you coming on and breaking it down as usual. You got it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sam. The great Sam Amick, senior NBA writer for The Athletic. I, I, I liked his analysis of what's going on with Golden State. If Andrew Wiggins can kind of get his head on straight, I think that's a great fit there. Yeah, I would agree with and that. And picked up a draft pick on top of it. Yeah. Great move by yeah. Bob Myers right there. Agree 100%. And especially how they were losing – 
Kevin Durant for nothing and to flip that into maybe a possible piece, you know, the third or fourth guy in the lineup with with Andrew Wiggins. I mean, not to bring up old, you know, uh, stories, but when Gordon Hayward left for Boston and didn't arrange anything to come back and return to the Jazz, it, it set the Jazz back. I mean, Kevin Durant, there was no love lost with the Warriors. He, he said today that he decided midway through last year he was leaving, but still managed to pull off a sign-and-trade, so the Warriors brought something back, which they parlayed into Andrew Wiggins and a draft pick. Not yeah, bad. Not bad at all. Not bad. Yeah, when you got all those guys coming back who are you know, prime players uh, who are temporarily shelved, and they're going to come back with a fury. All right, we'll get to more coming up. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. But right now, let's throw things back down to the Mountain America Expo Center where our good friend Tony Parks is standing by at the boat show. Tom? Hey, what's going on, Jake? Hey, I tell you what, anytime you come to the boat show here at the Mountain America Expo Center, you're going to want to stop by and you are going to want to see this guy. He's an absolute legend, making some of the best Dutch oven cooking in the world. It is Bacon Bill Johnson. What's going on, Bill? Well, we've been doing some fun cooking today. We did a mountain man breakfast. I know. I heard about that. What uh, what'd you have cooking up on that? Well, of course, it's got uh, uh, potatoes. Now, you can do a variety of things, whether it be frozen shredded potatoes or uh, fresh potatoes. We always parboil them a little bit first. Uh, and then we got eggs and cheese and uh, different things like that, onions, garlic, yeah. bell peppers. Yeah, it's a great scout recipe, and, and uh, you can modify it however you want. We call it, usually call it whatever, Mountain Man, because it's whatever we have in the fridge, whatever's <laughs> left over, whatever you eat. Some people don't like some of the things, like garlic, so you put something else in instead, uh-huh. and, and potatoes. You could use sweet potatoes if you wanted to instead of the other different types, but uh, we're going to be cooking up some salmon a little okay. bit later. Our friends... Uh, they have a booth here uh, from Happy Feet and Gone Fishing. They bring in salmon for me to cook up. They're out of the Soldotna, out of the Kenai, and uh, up there in Alaska. Uh, but uh, doing trail stew is a real famous one, too, that we like to do. Right. Cobblers, all kinds of cobblers. Peach, Tell blackberry, you. apple, cherry. Bacon Bill Johnson, you are the reason why kids coming for free, it's like their best thing ever, right? That they get to come here for free. Kids, it's free of yeah. admission, by the way. Adults, $10. A four-day pass is 20 bucks. When you come here, it's the first place that I usually f- try to figure out is Bacon Bill Johnson going to be right. here for all the great stuff. I've been doing this now for, like, so many years, and every year I'm here, you're here, and you have something good going on down there. What I also like is you're still trying new stuff. Like, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. You're always creating something. What, what's the latest creation you've ever had that you thought landed? Oh, well, golly, I have to think for a minute. <laughs> There's so many different things, you know, and I, I like to get on Facebook. And Facebook, they limited me to 5,000 friends, <laughs> and a lot of those friends share recipes with me, and, and uh so I'll take different recipes from the Food Channel, from different places, and modify it, make it my own. Uh, you know, I think of how how I can create it to make it different. Uh, you've seen ratatouille, mm-hmm. you know, on the yeah. rat and that. Yeah. Well, it's like I've got a rat. I do have a stuffed ratatouille I carry with me. <laughs> and he, he's kind of my inspiration as to what ingredients go with what, uh-huh. what flavors and that sort of thing. And you kind of have to deal with... You know, if you got a wife that doesn't like fish, you got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't like barbecue, 
you know, why did I marry her? You know. Yeah. See, my, I'm I'm the I'm the picky eater of our family. My wife loves all the different types yeah. of recipes and all. I end up the picky eater, so I'm I'm usually the bad one. <laughs> yeah. And we so, do a lot of Dutch oven uh, uh, cook-offs and classes. My wife was in charge of the world champion Dutch oven cook-off this last year. We I didn't had know over that. The state fair, and uh, oh, she. I do most of the cooking at home, but she. Oh, does he specialties with her with her pies and her Swiss breaded bread that was her grandmother's recipe and and we've modified that, put some uh, dried fruit in it, different things. Mm. Uh, so it's it fun to see how you can change it. Uh, and uh, if you if you cook the same, people ask me what's your favorite thing to cook, and I said. Mm. I don't have a favorite. If I cook it too much, I don't like it anymore. Like, <laughs> it's a, it's like, always about something new, something yeah, fresh. Yeah, enchilada pie supreme. I fed thousands of people that, and I can't stand it, but I'll cook it for them. <laughs> but uh, you know, we modify it a little bit different this way or that way, and and uh, big thing is try to teach our kids to get into it and. Get families back into having family dinners, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Blue Blood say. At the end of the show, they have a family dinner, and they sit down and analyze this or that or whatever. And it's important for for the family to start talking together and get away of their uh, social devices uh, uh, and just uh, find out what's going on in their lives. Because before you know it. They're grown up and gone. Oh, man. That's right. He's Bacon Bill Johnson. He is a legend here in the state of Utah. Uh, he is the best with Dutch oven cooking. Trust me, like Governor Herbert would uh, speak highly. You guys have worked together. Oh, yeah. yeah we've stuff. had him I mean, come at the state fair and be one of our judges with his wife. And, <laughs> and we work with all the uh, different channels, Channel 4, 2, 5, 13, mm-hmm. Kelly Chapman, Reagan Ledbetter, Nisha DeGoring, uh, Allie. I just... All the different ones. Well, I can speak for myself uh, that uh, you do not disappoint with the great stuff that you have over there with the Dutch oven cooking. So thanks so much for being with us here today. You bet. It's been fun. All right. Head on over there. Don't forget, kids are in free. And uh, for adults, $10. A 40 pass is 20 bucks. You're going to love that. Come on into the boat show. We're here at the Mountain America Expo Center. There's so many different things to take a look at with some great outdoor uh, uh, water equipment or the boats, different stuff, even some outdoor stuff in terms of like uh, ATV side-by-sides. But when you have a chance to grub, make sure you head over and see Bacon Bill Johnson. Uh, more When we come back, more of The Big Show. You're listening to 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing. Get your preseason furnace tune-up and safety check for 33 bucks. Call 801-833-3333 or actionplumbing.net today. Let me let me at least get out the read before you completely derail the show. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Uh, how you doing over there? Because you look like you uh, like there's something wrong. I mean, you look like you, you're all sort of, uh, I don't know. Like the floodgates are about to burst. Or oh, something. I see what you're doing now. Yeah, I, I, yes, I need to <laughs> use the restroom, but we got distracted with official show comma business well, uh, during ahead. the break. So oh, now, no, that that isn't funny, Austin. <laughs> That's not funny at all. I'm squirming here. 
Go ahead. And go. I, I prioritized the show over my no, no. own uh, Go. Uh, Austin comfort. and I will take over. I, you, not, we'll, and we'll time you. We'll see you how know long. what? I can make it <laughs> through. If, we, if, <laughs> I can make it through the segment. And see, if, I, uh, see if Jake... Jake's like trigger in there. <laughs> I appreciate you dragging this onto the show, by the way. Oh, Is this really necessary? Do we need to, need to talk but about But if you this? really got to go, go ahead. I'm not. And, and Austin no. and I will take over. I'm fine. I will make it. <laughs> okay. We can play that water rolling again, running again. <laughs> We're so immature. Don't, don't say we. <laughs> Like I'm somehow included in all of this. Okay. Are you done? Oh, man. All right. Eric Weddle retired today. He did, after 13 years in the NFL. And it just seems like yesterday we were interviewing him as a youth. He's off to enjoy babbling brooks and whatnot. You know, it's true. When I'm in Hawaii and I, I get the waves mm, crashing. It was fun. No, as the waves are crashing all night, I'm telling you, I don't know. It affects the plumbing. <laughs> it does. It does. You ever take a nap while the washing machine's on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this isn't funny. I'm, I'm trying to talk about Eric Weddle. <laughs> Trying to get through the segment, Eric Wettel. You know, I kind of go. I gotta go now. Too. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it just affects a lot. Right, so, uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> go ahead. <sighs> yes, you were as you were. What were you saying? Eric Wettel retired today. <laughs> Gordon, pretty uh, pretty great resume. Oh yeah, and a great guy. Eric Weddle is uh, really a good guy. He's uh, one of those good guys easy to root for. Six-time Pro Bowler, five times All-Pro, uh, 1,235 tackles, 30 interceptions, uh, 103 pass deflections, 41 tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks, five touchdowns, eight forced fumbles, and seven fumble recoveries on his Not bad. career. Not Let bad. me ask you this. Is he the best football player to come out of the University of Utah? And I'm talking college and pro resume, both. Could very well be. He was on the 04 Utah team, so he was on one of the best Utah teams ever. Mm-hmm. His, his college career was terrific. Played every position, every skill position, right. I think. I mean, he was like a one-man team there for a couple of those Do you think he teams. could have played a different position and been successful in the NFL? Probably. Although safety was perfect for him because he can mm. kind of be that cerebral quarterback of the defense, right. and and I don't know, maybe maybe I'm forgetting somebody, you know, in previous generations. The only player I can really think of, or actually, there's three that I think are in the conversation, but I think you got to go Weddle, but Steve Smith, Jordan Gross, and uh, Luther Ellis, and maybe how about Roy Jefferson? Wasn't he a youth? That's what I'm saying. Previous generations, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to have to rely on you there. Yeah, uh, I put him right up there for sure. Um, You know, at one point he was the highest paid safety in the NFL. And they don't just hand out that money normally. I mean, they base it on, on, uh, you know, uh, the track record. And Weddle has been fantastic and a great leader in the locker room, a terrific teammate. Yeah, he's, he's done the Utes proud. 
because, uh, you know, obviously he's not the best football player to play collegiately in the state. There's a there's a few others. Uh, you know, Hans's uncle Merlin probably has a little something to say he, about he, that. He did all right. Yeah, he was, he was probably pretty good. But as far as Utes go, mm-hmm. is he the best Ute football player of all time? I think, I think the answer is yes. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Is he? I think so. That'll be interesting to keep an eye on. How many Hall of Famers are there from the state of Utah? Obviously, Merlin, Steve Young. Who else? Mm. As far as that, that's we'd have to do Google that. I, I feel like we're forgetting somebody. Yeah. But yeah, it's got to be Hall of Fame NFL Hall of Famers that played collegiately in Utah. That might be the only two. Was that high school kid who played for the Dolphins? Was he Hall of Fame caliber? I don't remember. Going way back, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, I coming out of like Bingham High School or no something. No clue who you're talking about. Hmm. But All anyway, right. what a what a career, no yeah. doubt about it. And it seems like he's kind of going out on his own terms, and got to feel good for the guy. How old is he? Was that listed in there? Uh, no, I could look it up real quick here. He's I mean, probably. What, in his mid-30s? It seems like he's been around a long, long time. He, he, he'd be older than that, I he's think. He's 35. Okay. January 4th, 1985 is his birthday. Hmm. Yeah. he. Uh, I, I'll never forget watching him uh, for, for the University of Utah. I mean, it, it seems like he could do almost anything other than maybe be a defensive lineman. But he, he was talented enough. And he, when growing up, he was a UCLA fan, and the Bruins didn't even want him. Yeah. Passed on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did so. everybody else, seemingly. Uh, let's see. Our friend Matt is uh, reminding us Steve Smith. I mentioned Steve yeah, Smith. Yeah, he did. I, I think the only ar- – I think Steve Smith might have an argument. Jordan Gross might have an argument. Luther Ellis. But I still think I'm going with – I still think I'm going with Weddle. Yeah. I, it's an awful, awfully good argument to make. Uh, he, he's – yeah, I, I agree. All right, we'll have uh, the Not Sports Report coming up right around the corner. Coach Gordy Chiesa going to be in the house top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. It you're, is. You're not going to believe this Not Sports Report. <laughs> this is unbelievable. It's something, I don't know, I was about to say something you would do, but actually it's something you wouldn't do. No, I would not do that. I could see Austin doing something like this. <laughs> if you're really a vengeful person, I suppose, yeah, maybe you might. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. What the Jazz are finding out is getting to that optimal level with consistency has a rude awakening when you are no longer one of those teams on the outside looking in. You know? Do you see anybody talking with Donovan Mitchell anymore after games? Now it's different. It's like, hey, you're good. You don't need me to talk to you. I need to go out and destroy you now. Like, you're on your own, dude. When you're in these positions trying to get to the ultimate optimal level of winning and you have the roster that is capable of it too, oh man, are teams coming after you. It's different and it's eye-opening when you become a marked or targeted team and, yes. and you, you show up on the map and everyone looks at you and goes, okay, you're legitimate. Now I'm going to go out there and find a way to beat you. And you are every single night somebody's number one priority. Yeah. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Oh. Check this out. And now you're not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. So I was lost 
Go count the cars before you go To the Holland Road With your heart like a stone You spared no time in lashing out And I knew your pain the effect of my shame. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online at LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to Ottawa. Canada, huh? Going north of the border. All right. All right. This is a story that uh, I don't know if any of our listeners can relate to or believe even, but... There is a man in Ottawa. His name is Bruce McConville. He's 55 years old, and he recently went through some marital troubles. Okay. Getting a divorce? Got a divorce, uh, and he uh, apparently, he's a, a rather wealthy man. You know, he has some resources, and the judge uh, ordered him to uh, pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in alimony and child support and whatnot. And uh, apparently he has informed the judge that he has burnt the money. Set it ablaze. He says that he torched $1,050,000. Why, you may ask? Because he would rather smoke it than have it go to his ex-wife. <laughs> now that's taking bitterness to a whole new level. Now see, I've never, I've never worked my way through a divorce. But let me ask the, the, the ladies and gents out there, those of you who have had that difficult experience, would you rather burn money than give it to your ex? Um, well, okay. The answer to that, obviously, is yes. But <laughs> really? let, let me You're ask gonna you. You're going to torch it? He says that he, he, he burnt the money in two bonfires. One, in one, he burnt $743,000. That was last September. And then in December, he torched another 296000 so I guess the the question is, do we believe this guy, though? Yeah, and that is an issue because the judge doesn't believe him. Okay. The judge thinks that the money is somewhere. Yeah, he buried it or something. He's sentenced in, he has sentenced McConville to 30 days in jail and directed him to tell the truth as to the whereabouts of the cash. Now, should he just write out the 30 days, though? <laughs> And if he does, is this guy going to be a real catch somewhere? He's a good-looking guy. He's 55 years old. Apparently, he's got money to burn. See, the thing is, though, you, you pretty much have to skip town now, right? I <laughs> Do mean, they that, have kids? Does it say if they have kids? Yeah, well, it's, it's for child some of it support. For child support. Oh, it was specifically for child support. No, some it was alimony. And it says, uh, Don't be burning in, your kids' in, money. In child and spousal support. That's the that's yeah. the terminology. If it was just for her, look, I I don't condone it, but I would understand it. But you'd do it, yeah. You would you would do it? No, oh, I'm not. Okay, I'm not okay. You don't. Divorce. You, I don't plan on being. You through can, I know, but if you if you were, and you couldn't keep the money, what would you do? Uh, I would. I couldn't burn money like that. 
Only in I'd vehicle give, purchases? I'd, I'd give it to my ex-wife and let her spend it. Hmm. I mean, if if it's owed, it's owed. <laughs> right? No, I'm... I'm Told you already, I'm setting that thing ablaze. If there's no money to owe, <laughs> yeah, right. Do you owe any money? No. <laughs> yeah, but this guy obviously had the money, and now he's saying it's gone. Yeah, but now nobody enjoys it, and that's that's better. Depends on who you are, but yeah, <laughs> I could see Austin burning it. Yeah, I can too. One hundred percent. I'd help him. <laughs> just so he doesn't get it, right? Now you're just coming along with the concept, yeah. Uh, yeah, but why? It's a waste. Why not? Because. Well, you want to see her uh, uh, galvanting around on a jet ski you bought? No. No, but maybe maybe there's reason. Maybe he has a whole bunch more, and she obviously has sacrificed and uh, added her contributions to the marriage. No, you don't know that. Well, I mean, I'm just assuming since that's what the court ordered. Well, I, you're acting like she probably didn't do something to, to bring along this bitterness. Well, I'm assuming that it's not all one-sided. What if she was not uh, faithful? Oh, then I would ask why wasn't she faithful? What does that have to do with anything? Well, maybe she was driven to it. I'm Who just knows? saying maybe it was her actions that uh, that uh, brought to the marriage. And why are you assuming it was his? I'm not assuming. I'm it just kind of sounds like no, it. I'm kind of splitting it down the middle. Hmm. And the way you, the way your solution to the problem is all one sided. Yeah, I'm just saying if if you know her actions uh, warranted a little bitterness, then that's on her. <laughs> I'm telling Naz, burn the money now, Naz. Oh, she'd do the same thing. <laughs> So it's mutually agreed. 100%. Yeah. All right. Uh, Coach Chiesa joins us in studio coming up right around the corner. Also, uh, they're going to pick teams for the All-Star Game in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll keep you updated on that. Let's go down now to the Mountain America Expo Center to the boat show where Tony Parks is standing by. Hey, thanks so much, Jake. We are here at the Mountain America Expo Center, and we are here today with Chef Brian, who is a part of the boat show here, and Chef Brian, who has his new book that is out, the Everyday Instant Pot Cookbook, and you can always check this guy out at noon each yeah, and every right single day. Yeah, right on Channel 2, and I love cooking. It's fun. It's the funnest thing because I do things that make people happy. I mean, who doesn't love to eat? Oh, no, there's no doubt. I definitely love to uh, a good well-planned, well-put-together meal. Exactly. In the chef stage here, I will be on the chef stage tomorrow at 6.30. uh, All day Saturday, all day Sunday, you can come on down, check out the shows. I'll be having some of the books here that you can buy, and I'll be happy to sign them. If you have one that you have already purchased, bring it, and I'll sign it for you. Oh, that's fantastic. What uh, what are you going to be putting on display tomorrow? Tomorrow is the, um, I'm going to be doing a recipe from the book itself, and it is the one-pot spaghetti. Okay. Because who doesn't love one-pot spaghetti? It's I the easiest pasta, thing. Because man. this is, honestly, Tony, this is the thing. When people cook, what they want is something that's easy, delicious, and uh, cleanup is great Checks to do. Checks all the boxes. So all the boxes there. So you don't want something that's so complicated that it overdoes and takes all day. You want to come home from work. You want to throw something in a pot. You want to cook it. You want it to be delicious. That's what I do. Chicken tortellini soup. That's it's what I'm the best. Talking I love, yeah. and it's a great soup day today, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, I'll definitely take that. That's for sure. What, uh, what out of all the different things in your book, what's the one uh, that you were? Uh, I, I don't know. Was there one that turned out better than you had ever thought when you were kind of putting different stuff? Uh, well, together? you know, I actually combined several methods in the book of doing pressure cooker, maybe finishing an off in the oven for browning and things like that. But I loved the ramen. Okay. I love ramen. Do you remember that from college? You know, it's oh yeah, not just yes. for college. But 
but uh, that, that was six days a week. Easy, six yeah. days a week. And easily. the other day you tried to figure out how to pay for the other exactly, six. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, ramen doesn't have to be awful. And just from the can, uh, the can or, or the package, you can really make delicious Asian ramen. And I'm very pleased with how it turned out in the book. So you can see that in awesome. there. Also, yeah, and you can buy these books everywhere. Books are sold, Barnes & Noble, everywhere. So come here, Mountain America Expo Center tomorrow, 630 you're going to want to see Chef Brian. On the chef stage. Come on making down. Making it happen right there. And check him out every single weekday at noon uh -huh. on Channel, Channel 2. 2. Can't miss him right there. Thanks again, man. You're very welcome. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Check out his book. Pick up one of these books as well. Chef Brian, the Everyday Instant Pot Cookbook. Uh, I was talking about that uh, chicken tortellini soup. Yeah. 30 minutes prep time. That's outstanding. That's it. That's really, really good because uh, as a family that loves pastas, 30 minutes is the ba the bare minimum. <laughs> and when you're hungry, <laughs> 30 minutes might seem like 10 hours. Oh, there's no doubt about <laughs> About that. Thanks again, Brian. You Appreciate bet. My you. pleasure. Make sure to come down here tomorrow, uh, noon to 10. Overall, that's when it's available. They're open tonight till 9 o'clock. But see Chef Brian tomorrow at 6.30. You will not be disappointed at what he has put on display or also the details that are in the book. More than 70 easy recipes uh, for every cook and every single family. You're going to love that and more. Don't forget, kids get in free with paying adult. Adults are 10 bucks. a four-day pass for 20 bucks. And uh, come check out all the great things from the different boats, also the different displays. And Chef Brian as well. You're listening to 97.5, 1280 The Zone.